Hey everyone, welcome back, Betsburts Golf. Joined by Andy Moller to talk about the Mexico Open, lovely uh, Puerto Vallarta at the Vedanta Club. Uh, very, very. Uh, hey, that's all the Spanish you're going to get from me today. A little bit of accent. Uh, uh, it's the John Rahm Invitational, as uh, producer Dan joked about before the show. Andy, how are we doing? Good. Yeah, uh, fun. I actually kind of like the the format last week. I know it's not like exciting and there wasn't just a massive amount of names but it is kind of a weird like you mentioned a little two-week respite during the height of draft season that i don't mind and then we get a couple good events and i don't remember the order if it's wells fargo and then byron nelson or byron nelson and wells fargo. either way both very good events coming up we have some decent we're gonna have decent fields really good courses truthfully like as far as the resort courses go the, the more I check this one out and the more I remember from last year, this isn't a bad course. Like, I mean, it, as far as like difficulty for a professional golfer, it is a horrible course. Like, Hey, what, what kind of defense do you have here? If you don't find any of the bunkers, I don't know, man, hopefully the wind kicks up. Otherwise we're, shoot, we're shooting some scores. And I mean, it, it did kind of feel like, uh, you remember the film, the great white hype. I do. Um, one of my actually low key film I like quite a bit. I haven't watched in a while, but remember how he just kind of getting his ass kicked by the Irish kid for, and then he just, oh, I forgot, I'm a really good boxer, and you're not as good as me. I'm gonna win this fight at the end. Um, kind of what it felt like, like it felt like Ram was kind of trying for three days, and maybe it feels like he. I'd have to go check the leaderboards, but it feels like he was just kind of middling, and then Saturday, part of Saturday, and then all of Sunday, it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Like, I'm just so much better at golf than most of you guys. I should just go out and win this. Like, and I think it was good for him mentally too. Like, it just uh, kind of sparked something in him. You know, at the beginning of the year, it was rom rom rom, and then he didn't really do anything. You know, it, it sucks to say like, "Hey, top fives don't impress people, right?" You, yeah. you don't. You don't get your name etched on a trophy for a top five, and then he won this, and I think he's won seven events since. So it's uh maybe it was important to him and that is the that is the key little narrative being pushed around right now it's like man does he he's not in the same spot he's won like three four times on tour this you know this wraparound year whatever does he really need this to like get anything going like he did last year no is he gonna care maybe not is he still like the best golfer was he low in the Was he low in the first two rounds? I felt like it was the other way around. Uh, last year, was he leading after the first round? For some reason, that's not what I had. In my um, yeah, let me let me see. I don't know if he was leading, but he uh, maybe I mean, other people struggled on the weekend, and his sixty eight, sixty nine were just enough to like, you know, maintain pace. I, I'm not sure what the wind. Yeah, he came out and, and shot sixty four in round one, and uh, sixty six in round two. So yeah, he he came Never out right. low right away. It, it felt it just felt like he wasn't like he wasn't like really getting after it. And he shot a sixty four. I guess that's what you get when you get John Rahm at that point. But yeah, so right we talk about it. I remember last year too. It was like he was coming in with bad form. I mean, not really all relative. And Rahm is is relative to his basically his own tier. But fifty five of the players, he was ninth in match play, and then t twenty seventh the Masters heading into this one. So like before, and he hadn't won for a little bit and that's kind of where these types of guys are, they're measured against, you know, again, a very different curve than, than the rest of the world. So yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that you can make the case that he 
is going for a reason. I think he does care about this. It is a, I guess, you know, an international event. It's a, you know, Spanish country. He's, you know, obviously a Spaniard. No one else is here. There are what, eight of the top hundred guys. Yeah, it's it's rough three in the top that. fifty. It's not great. So yeah, it's it's. I get it. Like last year, yeah, he wanted maybe you could say, hey, he needed it to kind of jumpstart the season, and it worked theoretically. Like he had a you know a decent end of the season. Uh, obviously didn't, you know, win anything on the PGA tour. And so we got into the swing season on the Euro side, but he's obviously hit the ground running so far this year. So, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is like, I don't know. He, he's just, I think at this point with these guys schedules, if you commit to something, like I got to go down here anyway, I might, I'm going to probably try to see old Bill Russell. Like there's a yeah. game going to be played today. <clears throat> One of us is going to win the game. I might as well win the game. Like I got to do it anyway. Right. So like he's down there to play and he's just so, so much better than everyone else. And maybe, I, maybe that's why I didn't feel like he came out blazing because you know who else shot a 64 in round one. And it's funny. You say this name now, it's not the same as saying it a year ago. Kitayama who did yeah. hit finish second. He had a 65 from your boy, Aaron wise, Jonathan bird shot a 64 here on round one. Uh, Trey Mullinex, 64. Aaron Rye, 65. Let's put a pin in that for later if we talk first-round leader. Uh, Brendan Todd shot a 64 here in the first round. Oof. And a, a smattering of uh, 65. So, like, you kind of have to shoot, I think, 65, 66 to, to be in. I, I'm not sure what the weather did on the weekend. It looks like scores in general were higher, but, like, Finau, Finau put up a 63 on Sunday. Apparently there's some classic uh, Tony. There's some birdies to be had here. So yeah. yeah, we'll, uh, let's, let's get into the course because like I described it real briefly by saying it's a resort course. Cause it kind of is a resort course. Um, but I mean, there's some stuff and we did talk about this a little, like the wind, the wind is your main defense, I suppose in the afternoon, but pass below. I don't know how much you know about Pass Blum. Not very uh, frequently used on the, the courses we're looking at. I guess it's a little grabby. A little grabby. Uh, if you're looking at driving distance, you might want to look at carry distance a little as well. Some of the guys who have uh, you know different angles of ball flight are actually going to have better because you, you're not going to have the run out on this. It's going to be a little differently. The rough is short, but it's still grabby, like we said. And the greens are Pass Blum as well. Um, the and 106 bunkers. It is a lot of bunkering, but again, from what I did looking into it, it's like, man, there's still so many ways to just stay out of trouble here. And the 12, 12 holes have water danger. Um, but again, the, the fairways are how wide, Ryan? A million feet? Yeah. Uh, I think we say you can land a uh, 747 on them, which is, you know, indicative of to your point. And so I think the combination of things, right? You get, it's a resort course. And then as you can read here, wide fairways, short rough. So like it just sets itself up to be, again, if the wind is not an issue, the scoring conditions, that's where you're going to get the 64s and 65s uh, frequently from. And what was interesting too, is the, the names that you gave there too. So yes, it's long, but you throw a Brandon Todd in there too. You telling me like there are other ways to navigate this course. I don't have to just be a bomber. Aaron Rye, another one who's not necessarily long off the tee, but when these guys can absolutely like grip it and rip it, it's kind of a different beast. I was looking at it too. You don't have many events where guys use basically driver 
every opportunity that they can basically right so non-par threes and you have a little bit of a different dispersion of, of holes here as well which makes it a little bit different but like everyone would driver all the time there were only three guys in the top 15 that didn't average over 300 yards off the tee for this event last season so that's unusual uh, in you know when you're typically looking at uh leaderboards like you really need to lean on the distance advantage here uh, again, brings the par fives in play and just again sets you set your up so set yourself up with a uh, shorter irons into even the the longer par fours. So yeah, distance as you mentioned, carry distance. That's something you can use in our customizable stat database too to to kind of filter in and build a model. That carry distance I think is a good call out by you because we will have probably a little less run out than normal. You need to kind of just be able to carry in the air. Yeah, yeah. I did a <clears throat> I did do that when I ran some models over at Betsford's Golf this week. And then, yeah, I think somewhere in one of Ron's tweets, he has just mentioned, he has like three or four about the Mexico Open now already, but one of them was some, something along those lines. Yeah, it was uh, 78% of drives are 280 yards plus. There's not a whole lot of laying up here. It's not a true bomb and gouge course, but, man, if you have some if you have some bombers you like, it's usually, I feel like we've always done this this year. It's like, hey, distance helps here, but it's not the end-all be-all. Like, don't just go with bombers. But the fact that we have John Rahm, Tony Finau, and then a bunch of guys who are not ranked all that highly, like, I'm fine leaning on some bombers. Like, if, if their golf game has led them to a spot where they're ranked, you know, 104th, and you just have a shitload of that same guy, and I know there's a bunch of guys that are ranked quite a bit higher than that, but you have a whole bunch of that guys. And, like, if you're trying to break ties, I mean, distance and not even accuracy so much we talked about the wide fairways and the you know the less than penal rough just like straight up distance carry distance like i'm waiting it higher than i normally would and i hate waiting bombers high but bomb and gouge works here not only that but like the greens are huge like if you got a bomber who has a good lag putt like that guy is probably gonna find some 65s this weekend yeah, so like about six and a half yards uh, higher a long history. You kind of cut out there, Ryan. Last year, which is crazy, but like, okay. you know, fairways, accuracy, like Finau too. Finau barely found a fairway, 59% of his drives were in the fairway last year. So not anything that we need to really focus. It's it's distance over anything off the tee. So uh, but yeah, you know, you get the the Brandon Woos of the world. Like he's hitting it way farther. Cam Champ, this is a spot where Cam Champ showed up, which is we yeah. don't find many of them on tour, but again, he was able to go all out pounding 320 and a half on average off the tour, off the tee. That's, that's going to set yourself 3M, up. Former 3M champion. Yeah. And you know, we mentioned here too, on the, if you see this on the graphic, if you're watching instead of listening, a lot of second shots will be 200 because, I mean, we kind of glossed over this on the first graphic. It's like 7,500 yards, guys. And it's it's a long course. I believe sixth longest on tour. So even if you're bombing, even if you're hitting it straight down the fairway, even if you're you know, like, hey, I'm a middle-of-the-road guy, I can go 300 off the, off the tee. And you're still going to be facing a lot of 200-yard-plus second shots. There's plenty of long second shots into even the fives that are semi-reachable. Like you're going to have to be good with your long irons, and you know proximity's high here. 
because there are a lot of longer shots with big greens. So it's like, oh, you found the green. Have fun with that 90-foot putt. You know, there, there's some massive greens here. And it's, you know, so greens in regulation, not super predictive. Fairways found, fairways hit, uh, you know, just uh, good drives, gains. Not predictive stuff here because even if you're on the fringe, out in the rough, you're it seems like everybody's finding these greens and just, I, I do want to lean a little more into proximity numbers this week, even though I fucking kind of hate proximity because sometimes it's a little bit of a flawed number, but we are looking for guys who, you know, I don't want you to just find the green. I want a spot where you can actually make putts because there are, we're plenty of guys here who find these massive greens and just don't really have a true chance at a scoring opportunity. Yeah. I'm looking at it now and looking at about, so basically all the the sub 200 yard buckets, um, you know, 150, 175, 125, 150, 100, 125, all significantly below average in terms of a, a normal tour event. Um, you had 44 and a half percent of approach shots last year from 200 plus um, 250 plus. It's about double 17 and a half percent of the approach shots last year came from the 250 plus bucket, which is again, that's, that's pretty high. So uh, yeah, that, is something I think deserves to be weighted this week. Cause again, we always want to weigh strokes gain approach, but I do think you need to kind of lean into the 200 plus proximity stuff a little bit more. Cause that's kind of where we're at here. So uh, what else are you using to, to build models this week again, without having to double count too much, but you know, we talked about distance. Uh, we talked about wanting to avoid three putts. Are you weighing anything as, as far as sand saves? Cause you mentioned a lot of the bunkers. I typically don't cause I also find that to be statistically noisy, but there are a lot of them here. Yeah, I don't. I don't put Sandy's in or anything. Along I almost those never lines. do either. Yeah, like if if it comes to that, maybe some around the green, maybe some scrambling, but like that stuff is very, very, very noisy at that point. So, uh, my my model that I built without any form in it, just some off the tee, driving distance, carry distance, uh, going for the green proximity yards, a little bit of approach because I can never not have approach in it. And then uh, hitting from the fairway, 200 plus, and hitting from the rough, 200 plus, and then just as kind of like a bellwether form thing, just tee to green over the last you know six months because yeah. that's going to be just kind of important everywhere. So that is what I put in the model this week. That's what I left left it with. Obviously, I like John Rahm and Tony Finau, but I did have some interesting names near the top. And then obviously, like hey, I I like Noonan. I waited driving distance and carry distance. I have John Rahm, then Tony Fino. Guess who my third guy is? Uh, your third guy is Wyndham Clark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's one of those where it's like, after I hit this button, I know who my top three are going to be no matter what. Because I think there's not a lot of ways you could run a model, and it's not Rahm and Fino one, two. But right. the fact that I put driving distance, carry distance, and it's like, Man, Wyndham Clark's third and Luke List is going to be in the top 10, isn't it? Like, this is just, this is what's happening at this point. So, yeah, Wyndham Clark did pop high. I didn't pull the trigger price-wise. I just wasn't early enough. I don't know if that was uh, something you liked. Yeah, it was, theoretically, before then I saw the numbers. Again, we, I've talked about it all the time in the show, is that I'll go into Sunday night with some you know thoughts about you know guys in and the number that I'm kind of looking forward to fire off of early Monday morning. And I'm like, if I can get a 28 or a 30 on Clark, I'll probably avoid the ROM thing and just take that and take some of those guys, 18, 16, 
Uh, I think there was a, a brief 20 on Wyndham Clark. It's just really, really hard to do. Now, he deserves it, to be honest. And you dig a little bit deeper. He's up about a stroke per round on approach better than his last year stuff. Like, yeah. so like the distance is there, some of the other stuff, because he's always been a pretty solid putter, but the approach stuff is massive. He hasn't been better than like negative 0.3 on approach in his career. All of a sudden he is. So you see here on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, we, first of all, we appreciate it. Thumbs up on the video, share it, all those things, podcast form, rate review, all of it. We appreciate it. You can do both. Uh, seven, six, seven T16s are better in his past 14 starts. He's made the cut in all of them. Um, really hot of late with three T6s are better in his past four starts. Um, and you see all the things that we're talking about that, that matter here this week. He's top five in the field in par five scoring, driving distance over the past 50 rounds. He's just some of it's clicking for him. So it's just really hard for me to go sub 20 on another guy when John Rom's in a field like this, where he's so much better than everyone else. But I think T10s on Wyndham Clark, I do think he's starting to kind of separate himself in terms of where the rest of the guys are, even though he's not necessarily there in like your know, world golf ranking status or anything like that. So he's definitely an ascending player that figured something out on approach. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's an interesting way to look at him too. Like <clears throat> if you, if you ever want to dive into a guy who's like, just looking at results or even, you know, overall SG total and seeing like this guy seems, you know, seems to be playing better. Maybe even just a perception you have from watching golf. Of like, man, is this guy playing a lot better than last year? And it sucks if it's a guy who played on like Corn Ferry last year. And it's hard to make those comparisons, but it is interesting to just look at like, look at a segment of like, take the summer, take like the Masters to the Tour Championship or wherever they ended up and looking at that year over year and kind of looking, it's like, what happened here? What improved? And then trying to figure it out. Like, you're right. If, if a guy's approach game improves by that much, like there's just no freaking way his results aren't going to follow. So yeah, I don't hate it. It was another one too, where it was like, oh man, I'd like to bet this guy, but the, the price sucks. I did look at a top 20 price. I still think I'll be adding a few of those because this week is pretty light, uh, pretty light on the betting, I think, as far as some of the matchups. Just there, there's such a high variance to this course. Like we said, there was people shooting 63s. I mean, multiple 63s out there. Yeah. So when you have a high variance course like this, I hate it because I like to bet matchups on guys where I, I feel like I have a strong understanding of what they're going to go out and do. Like, hey, you know, that's. The, the standard deviation of this guy's scores isn't very big. Like it's a, it's a tight distribution. I don't think he's going to blow up holes. I don't think he's going to go nuts. That would be great. But like, there's so many guys that can just go out there have a great day and just, Oh, you, your guy shot a 66, which is great, but he lost by three strokes. I'm like, Oh, good. Cause the other guy just uh, went berserk on this horseshit course down here, which again, I don't even know that Vedanta. Greg Norman. Yeah, it's a Greg Norman design too. Oh man, now we gotta hate it for sure. So, all right, well let's let's talk about our champ. Let's talk about our presumptive champ. Yeah, this is uh, he's good at golf, Andy. What 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 else is there to say? Like it's the it's the atomic bomb versus the coughing baby meme. Like just I know Tony Finau's here, and we're probably disrespecting him with that, but like John Rom just won the Masters. John Rom. Won multiple times. John Rahm is 
everything. Like the 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 joke we make about like, hey, is it a course fit? Yeah, it has tee boxes and greens. Like, it fits everything. And like, oh, it's an easy course for a guy who can absolutely overpower a course. So repeat of last year, maybe. But uh, are you betting it? That's the question. Yeah, I am. I it's uh it's all I did. I and I think that's kind of what you got to do, right? You got to make a decision. It's really hard to like. All right, if you're gonna throw in at a guy sub, th- you know, th- three to one, it's very difficult to then to start sprinkling in down the board. So I've made a decision to just make a singular outright bet this week. Uh, Cause it's just one of those things. If he goes out and shoots 64 on Thursday and pokes a hole in the, he's not motivated narrative. And you're like, what the hell did I bet, you know, down the board at 60 to one and, and just, yeah. So, I, but I think it's okay. Like, I think it's making a stance is it's probably the right way. You'd rather it's golf. It's a high variance course. It's a high variance yeah. sport. So having more shots at the top makes more sense. And that's why we typically bet outright winners the way that we bet outright winners in this. It's just with he's how he's playing. I think he gives a shit. I think that matters. And yeah, again, winning this event. You're basically, last year, you're basically betting if he gives a shit or not. Yeah. You're, you're you're getting like, hey, do you think there's more than a 25% chance that he gives a shit? Because- and part of it to me too, narrative based wise, is I think he was a little annoyed early in the year when he felt like he was stacking wins and he wasn't number one in the world golf ranking. And he's like, I, you can rank whoever you want number one. I think when I tee it up on the best player in the world, I think this is a chance for him to like just kind of extend some of the world golf you know prerequisites in terms of how that ranking is fed. Like Scotty's not here. Um, you can just go out and get a PGA tour victory. It's hard to do. Uh, so I think he is here and gives a crap enough to go out and do so. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty much a, a, a binary decision. I think you have to either just it's ROM or nothing else. I think that there are opportunities to probably get it a little bit longer. If you wanted to wait for live betting opportunities, not that if I don't think there's one of those scenarios, and we've talked about this a lot, where maybe he's in the second wave and someone goes out and shoots really low. Like Fino goes out and shoots super low. Yeah, I mean, it can't be someone. It has to be like a bunch of people. Be, well, no, I mean, it has to be like Fino or somebody. I mean, who else even has like a big, you know, you know no Clark, Clark. I mean, it, somebody with like wins, you know, somebody with a name, like. It can't be, oh, my God, you know, even like Wu, who played well here last year. It can't be somebody with the name. It has to be like Finau and Clark or Finau and Woodland. Finau yeah. and, oh, man, at that point, I'm, I've run out of names at this point. Like, we're down, like, yeah, Patrick Rogers territory. But it probably has to be Finau and another, like, known quantity at that point. There's not so many of them. So, like, yeah, trying to get a live number, you're just playing with the third rail there, guys. Yeah. So, I think maybe on like the weekend or something like that, if he's off to a little bit of a slow start, maybe you can get into a four to one or a five to one on Rob. Like, I just don't think we're going to see an, an absolutely mash number on him. So um, I would typically wait in the scenario. I just, whatever. I, I feel like he's the guy. I think he, he gives a crap and uh, I'm willing to, to make a little bit of a di- different position. Now I bet it a little different than I typically would. I typically play outrights to a two win uh, number played a little bit lighter as well. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll go heavier with some finishing positions, but he's getting more than I typically allocate in a week to outrights. Uh, so the way I, I had to change it up a little bit, but yeah, he's, he's my guy and I get it. It's one of those things like 
You can't even share it on social if he wins. Oh yeah, great. You picked John Rahm at the Mexico Open where he was sub three to one. Like great job, great tout. Uh, I started but- an argument about that on Twitter one time where it was like, you know, it, it wasn't something this extreme, but I said, you know, even like the Masters pricing, it was something around those where it's like, hey, you bet a golfer to win the tournament, and they were the favorite at like eight to one. And they and they won, and everyone on Twitter is like, "Oh, nice job, you fucking chalk donkey." <laughs> right. But but if you pick like if you pick the right tight end to be the first touchdown scorer at eight to one, it's like, oh man, what a call, what a call. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's there's this cognitive. Oh, it's 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 wild. Like it's true though. Players. It's so true. No, but uh, I mean, the, the main point stands. You do. I think you do have to bet this a little differently. Your strategy does need to change. I know uh, it's been that's been the most interesting thing for me, and I, I I spend too much time on Twitter, but I enjoy Twitter. I especially enjoy golf Twitter. You guys are great, but I I love seeing how people are betting this because uh, there are some people that are just going about it completely differently. Is our guy Brian Kirshner is convinced that he should be betting into the without round market. I'm not 100% sold on that strategy, but like if that helps him sleep at night because he doesn't have to worry about the the big bad monster, I'm kind of cheering for him to to get like a second place and cash because I'm not sure I've ever seen someone catch on on one of those markets where it's like without Rory, Rom, and Scotty at the Masters kind of thing. I I looked at those and Gus, I did not bet into them, but uh, my my strategy's changed too a little. I've I've gone. You know, a little differently, and I went further down the board, further than I wanted to, but I found some guys that I think can pop, and I said, um, I'm going to bet them, and I had a bit of a scare last week with the Canadians. I had some, in the newsletter, I put the the Canadians, Hadwin, and whoever. <laughs> I can't even think of the poor guy's name right now. Um, to finish top 20, and then I didn't bet them outright. And at one point on Sunday, they're leading the golf tournament. I was very worried by that. So I'm, I did some small outright bets, but every one of these is essentially a top 20 bet that I put an outright bet with it. So it's, a, it's kind of an each way. It pays 20 places, guys, just a, a little differently. So did you consider top, Did you really like Did you give it any thought? I did. I did. Because yeah. I bet them last year. I bet them to win here last year. You parlayed took, it with some stuff, didn't you? I took somebody who bets baseballs like they had three totals that day. And I I like oh I got him embarrassed. I think I they were all like eight and a half nines. I sold them all down to like over six and a half. <laughs> like three minus two hundred, you know, baseball totals with ROM, whatever. And it didn't pay a ton, but it was I mean it's better than losing, I guess. So it was uh and it's I did bet those baseball totals, you know, just straight bets on their own at the normal totals. I don't know why I decided to sell runs or buy runs like that. Guess I'm an idiot, but I, I'll have a fun parlay with Rom, I'm sure, at this point. So uh but yeah, the f- first guy down the board. Um, I don't know. Do you did you have any top tens or am I up here? I even forget what I I even forget what I bet. You're up. I have I have guys that I've that I like, but I haven't made any of the the bets yet. Uh, I would love to see what your uh, outright selections look like. All right, so I found this. I looked. It's like ah, he's twenty two to one, and then it went over to Chris, and the price was a lot bigger. So I did bet this guy, and I, I stand by this. I don't know his. He, he scares me. This guy looks like he's like he's connected, doesn't he? Like he looks like he'd mess you up. But yeah, this is Gary. Gary, Gary yeah. I, doesn't he look like he could be in like? Look at him. Like he looks like he could be, you know, in a crew. I don't know. He knows people. 
He does. He probably does know guys. But Gary Woodland, bomber. I wrote bomber of balls. He is second in the field in carry distance. I did look at carry distance. but He's a bomber. He can go long. He's one of the only guys here with some degree of pedigree. Um, and he played well of late. Top 15 at the Masters. He's only missed two cuts this whole calendar year. I think the last one was in, like, February. I feel like he missed, like, Sony or something silly. You know, one, one of the... The Hawaiian events. He hasn't he hasn't had those blow up rounds, and he did play well here last year. I don't want to use course history too much ever, but he played well enough here last year, and he gained a ton. T to green, like if you're comfortable, if you're comfortable coming into one of these, you know, Central American slash Mexican resort courses on Passable, and just just playing good golf, T to green, I'm fine with you. At a it's a bad top, not bad, but it's not a big top twenty price, but for plus 120 for me trying to find you know 20 golfers that I think will play better than Gary Woodland here I struggle to find 20 golfers and you know there's going to be there's always surprises at the top of the leaderboard there's going to be some guys I didn't even consider that will be ahead of Gary Woodland most likely but on average I think his average finishing positions would be more like 14th 15th you know if that like uh just kind of a median projection, maybe even maybe even some are on 10th. I know that doesn't completely jive with the outright numbers, and outright numbers are outright numbers for a reason. Yeah. But like he should finish somewhere somewhere in the teens a lot more often than he finishes below that. So plus 120 felt good. And then of course I had to bet the the best price I could find on him to win outright. Plus 28.54 at Chris. Who knows what it is now? It's probably 30. That's been my luck with golf outrights. Uh, no, you're, uh, I don't see anything. Chris still has the best number. Um, domestics, the best I'm seeing is 28. So it's down to 22 on DraftKings. Uh, you get some 25s out there. It's 27.54 on Chris now. Ooh. Ooh. CLV, baby. Well, CLV on the outright win. So I'm cheering, cheering for him. Here's what's interesting to me. You look at his performance of late. It is, I mean, Tita Green, he's, Fantastic. Uh, he has been a absolute unmitigated disaster on the greens for uh, a bit. Last two events, though, Masters and RBC Heritage. Again, the different putting services, but uh, impressive. Not just gaining on, on uh, the greens, like solid gains on the greens. Uh, Masters plus 0.74 strokes on the greens per rounds. Heritage, 1.12. So... If you're getting even field average putting, like even last year here where he said, you mentioned T24, he lost like a stroke per round on the greens, which is almost what he does uh, more times than not. So if you're going to get maybe something there in terms of him figuring it out with the putter, that gets pretty interesting. So to me, it was like, as I mentioned, like I wanted Clark and Woodland. Those are the two names that I was thinking Sunday night. Yeah. I get some good numbers if, they're very different than Rom. Those would be the kind of guys that I would go to. Cause I do think that top four is somewhat of its own tier in terms of actual, like maybe baseline talent, actual win equity. Uh, obviously, you know, Finau and Rom are separate, but I do think Wyndham Clark, the way he's playing and then uh, Woodland's recent form too. So yeah, I like that. I like the number that you got to, he'll be on the card for a finishing position bet for sure. Yeah. Clark Clark was my first cut and I'm going to shop it. Like what, what's the top 20 on him? I'm guessing minus 110, minus 120. Yeah, let me see. Juicier. 
Minus 120, uh, 145 on MGM where you get ties in full. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much where you're at. Uh, you can get Woodland on FanDuel at plus 135 to T20, which is a pretty nice number. <sighs> yeah, I should drive to Iowa. I might have to drive to Iowa anyway for circa, circa <laughs> draft bets at this point if we get some good news tomorrow. Um, all right. Well, I got plus one twenty bet online. That was the best price I could find offshore. And then I did bet a couple of longer shots. These ones I was really close to not even betting the outrights. These were truly like, hey, I want a top twenty. And we already talked about one in Alex Smalley. And it's more another one of those where it's like, hey, here's all the things that I think are important this week. Plus somebody who's been playing some half decent golf. What's your number? Again, I had like bet online or Bavada pulled up and it's like, he's 40 to one. It's like, all right, we get plus one seventy on him to top 20. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. So much better price at Chris. Again, it was 58 50 was the price I bet yesterday. We'll see what he is. I'm, I'm making a 54 50. Oh, the, the market has spoken. Uh, maybe there's a Reddit post about Alex Smalley <laughs> and how we know he's going to win at this point. So, but yeah, as I wrote here on the screen, great, great TD green and approach numbers over the past six months, just like solid. And again, if you put him in the master's field, they don't look so great, but if you put him in this field, this yes. is the guy who should be rising to the top. The cream rises to the top. It doesn't matter how shitty the rest of the milk is. I'm not 100% sure how the, the whole churning process works, but Alex Smalley should be the cream here. He's plus 185 to top 20, and he does have good long irons, especially out of the rough. When I when I segmented it, say 200-plus shots out of the rough, he was very high, easy enough rough here, and he played well here last year. I hate, I hate, hate, hate car, you know, form, especially at a course. But looking back at guys who played well at here and other resort courses like this in the Caribbean, Central America, et cetera, he's fine with that. So a top six finish here last year, plus uh, plus 185 to top 20. That's – is that my favorite bet of the day? I don't know. I'll probably have – I have to have one more. I have to have a newsletter bet that doesn't you know jive with all this. So it, it might end up being Wyndham Clark or there might be a mystery golfer. I'll have a couple names afterwards that I want to talk about, but no. one one last guy, and this was truly, truly a top twenty bet that kind of got morphed into a like, oh man, you're fifty everywhere and seventy five at Chris. Like, I'm I'm betting Ben Martin. This is the first time I've ever seen a picture of Ben Martin at this point. <laughs> Same price. The, the price has not moved on this one currently, but finished eighth. Um, at Corrales Punta Cana, two other top tens this year. It's another one where I don't have him finishing in the top 20, like on average, but the price is plus 225. So I have him finishing. <laughs> Dan says I'm not entirely certain that's Ben Martin. I think it is. I have seen him golf a little bit. I have him finishing in the top 20 more often than not. I have, I should, I should think this number would be a little closer, plus 150. So. Yeah. Plus 225 uh, on top 20. I like that quite a bit. Good three-putt avoidance numbers, especially as I go to – I hate saying smaller sample sizes because that feels wrong, but 
more recent sample sizes, which by their very nature are smaller than the biggest ones we're going to use. But his three-putt avoidance has been good, and it's been getting better. That's going to be huge here when you do have a, a longer putt that you're going to need to just like, all right, I got to bang a par here because you don't shoot you don't shoot a 65 with six bogeys on the card. You need to par the ones that you're you're struggling on and take advantage of the scoring elsewhere. And then, yeah, we talked about sand a little bit around the green stuff. That was something, too, is, you know, we spoke to Wyndham Clark comparing year over year or even month over month. Uh, around the green has been a weak spot in this game, if you look back. And his scrambling numbers, again, a smaller sample size, but a more recent sample size. Scrambling numbers and around the green has been a little better of late. So... Seeing some improvements there. I mean, you see what happens when Victor Hovland starts chipping well. Like, oh shit, this guy's this guy's like placing high in a couple tournaments in a row. Like, it's all it takes. Get rid of your one weakness, and suddenly, suddenly you're cashing. You know, two to one top twenty. So, last one that I had was Ben Martin, seventy-five to one at Chris right now. I'm, maybe there's a better outright price on him somewhere. Top twenty plus two twenty-five, and as I've been reminded by the chat, like. I'm not getting the best of the number of bet online usually, but uh, if you have FanDuel, DraftKings, even points bet sometime if you're still allowed to bet there. <laughs> um, there's better numbers usually in the legal books if you go hunting. And if you have questions on top 20s, obviously hit the Discord. If you go to MGM, it's going to be like, oh, this is the shittiest price. Well, it's because they don't chop. You can finish in an 80, 82-way tie for 20th. And they will give you the same price rather than giving you back a 13 cent stake um, off, off like a hundred bucks. So that's, that's why that price is going to be lower. Same thing in the offshore market goes for Bovada. Their top 20 price is going to be considerably lower than anyone else's, but they don't chop. It matters. It matters. Especially I think when you stay closer to the top, when I get uh, yeah, top tens, I do like this. I do like to trend that way. Yep. Yeah, so uh, you know, for transparency, uh, in the model that I ran on the site, I have Ben Martin ninth and Alex Molly tenth. So I think that their down the board plays are are solid and ones that I can can get behind for sure. So you know, and, and the Ben Martin stuff, like it looks like really one. I mean, he's been a little bit you know losing strokes around the green as you mentioned. It looks like one yeah. really bad uh, event that's probably feeding some of that. So yes, that could be pretty statistically noisy. He's been. He's been playing pretty good golf. So um, the other one that I thought was funny, and I hadn't really dug in until you mentioned it and looking at last leaderboard. And again, I don't want to overrate literally four rounds at this event, but like the Brandon Wu thing is interesting because yeah. when you look at what he does well and what we're saying matters, um, you know, I have him tops in the field in not tops, but like inside the top 15 in three putt avoidance, putting from 25 feet out, par five scoring, uh, long proximity. I have him sixth over the last 50 rounds. Like he's kind of checking all the boxes. So it does make sense in terms of why he performed well here last year uh, and what makes sense moving forward. So again, not adding to the outright card, but looking to kind of build out a finishing position card. You know, I'm trying to get more into finding some good numbers in terms of matchups. I know Andy has a ton of success with the matchup stuff. So I always feel like I really like these two guys. They're always they're always head to head, and it's like I just never have enough options. I would love a book to be able to like create your own matchup. That would be a fantastic. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, because betting. I've I've oh. whined about this before. I said like I'll have guys that I'm you know I have them earmarked. Like I don't like your outright price, but I like you here. 
Like your, your price just sucks. Like the market likes you enough. If you match up against a guy that I don't like here, course fit form, whatever I'm feeling, possible injury, I would love that matchup. And instead I always get two guys I like matched up with each other. And, and then two guys I'm, I'm wanting to fade matched up with each other. I would love to flip those around and just see what the prices are so I can evaluate it myself and, you know, think should, should I be betting into this market or not? So I, you know, someday, 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 Ryan, but um, someone will, you know, you know who popped kind of weird in the model and didn't you, like I said, this was 90% course fit. 10% form. So I, I run a separate form model just to kind of do some comparisons, but Charlie Hoffman, which is not a bet. I'm going to, not a bet. I'm going to make, but you know, it's, it's, it's been a while since Andy put money on Charlie Hoffman. I feel like he had a, wasn't he decent uh, in the, the partner player or whatever? Oh, Valero 22nd at Valero. Like I was going to say, I've seen him play some good golf recently, but yeah, 22nd at the Valero, then five straight missed cuts. What before that? Four, 14th at Waste Management, which he has to play well there. Played Valero at Pebble too. Beach, four missed cuts. Yeah, four missed cuts before there. Oh, Valero is it? Yep. So unless he's sponsored by whatever <laughs> Mexican telecom company is your, your lead sponsor here or hotel, or I can't even remember what the actual sponsor is. But it's uh yeah I don't think I don't think I'm gonna be playing any Charlie Hoffman. Was there anyone else that kind of piqued your interest? That you might be looking at matchups positional or what? Yeah, I like Will Gordon here. Will Gordon is uh, a sixth for me this week. He is um, outstanding in top twelve in uh, long proximity, uh, eighth in uh, distance and carry, second in um, you know putting from 25 feet out. As you mentioned, these bigger greens. So we need to have some good lag putting. You minimize some of the three putt stuff. Gives himself lots of birdie looks. Uh, so yeah, Will Gordon, I think is a guy that's, is, you know, probably a nice DraftKings play. We'll have the DraftKings show with the guys on Wednesday afternoon. I think there's just some birdie upside there. And you know, that's more important than DraftKings scoring in terms of, you know, how that game is played. But uh, yeah, Will Gordon probably be someone I'll look at from a, a finishing position and uh, matchup. So yeah. And uh, otherwise, yeah, I'm with you on the Ben Martin and Alex Smalley plays. I think that they, if I can find maybe I, I typically, as you mentioned, like looking for the guys you want to shore or guys you like, but you don't want to bet outright. To me, that ends up being like a T40 bet. So I'm like, I expect you to do pretty well. I don't want to really like make a stand that you're going to be a T20 guy. I'd much rather get something that's like just on the other side of like, you know, plus 150, something like that, and, and get you to T40, where the expectations aren't super high. But I did want to note that I liked you going into the week. So those are typically the bets I make. Yeah, Will Gordon was close for me. He's another one that's uh, right on that list. Um, decent longer irons, good approach, good proximity when going for the green. Carry distance, driving distance was high. Yeah. High enough. T to green numbers were good. Just the, the form wasn't, you know, it wasn't great for – a normal field, but for a field like this, it's like, yeah, you're, you're damn close. So Will Gordon is uh, again on the short list. The only other guy on that short list, Aaron Rye, who I don't totally trust for a full round. And I'll probably just do what everybody else is doing. Ben Aaron Rye first round leader. Yeah. Uh, that has been, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, camp champ, do we want <laughs> He's so bad, dude, but like, there's just these spots where he, he ends up playing well. Uh, and again, like we don't have any history, but like he's so long, you know, and long in the betting markets too. Whereas you know, you're going to get a, probably a pretty nice 
T40 on a Cam Champ. I would not want to watch it. Uh, but again, like those are the guys I'm kind of leaning on this week more than than ever. I wish I wish Pendrith was playing decent golf. He'd be he'd be on your card for sure. Yeah, it's yeah he didn't he didn't pop up for AI. Not yeah. certainly not in form. Yeah. Kim Percy always does. Grillo, Lipsky, there's a bunch of Andy names that are high enough. Just not not going to get any of my money. Um, Ho- Hoygaard, seeing a lot of steam on him. Those numbers are beat up for the most part. Yeah. Not, not, I'm not certain about him. I'm not certain enough. If he does well, kudos to everyone to bet him because it seems like the entire Twitter sphere not only bet him, but when they bet him, they copy and pasted his name from the sports book to their Twitter because <laughs> they did the fancy O with the cross through it. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know anything else on Mexico before we uh, we call her a week and figure out some more betting. No, that's it. Uh, you know, draft team to chase. Hopefully, we have some drafts. You can parlay Rom with uh, you know the Will Levis to go number two, and uh, you know, and Noonan's happy for the weekend. Can't wait till they start calling names on Thursday. So, all right, we'll catch you guys in the Discord. We'll catch you guys on the Twitter. Um, monthly subs are twenty bucks right now, and it is April twenty fifth. So that lasts from this day until the the same day the next month. Not even one hundred percent sure on that. <laughs> I didn't say that with a ton of confidence, but you didn't a monthly sub will get you. What's the name of the course? Oak. Uh, Oak Hill. I can't, so there's a golf course in town called Oak Summit. It's where I go because they have the driving range I like. So I almost said Oak Summit. That's why I just stopped and deferred to you. But yeah, Oak, Oak Hill, um, you're getting yourself a major with the 20 bucks, guys. So let's go. We'll see you guys next week. And as Noonan said, catch the DFS show tomorrow afternoon with the guys talking DraftKings, helping you set your lineups. Had some pretty good luck last week with some of the users. Uh, I saw some I saw some green lines. I saw some cash, guys. Good job.